0: We're going to close out our um, message series this morning, and maybe it's just me, but I'm kind of not ready to. Um, we could continue this micro thing for a little bit longer, but I'm also excited because Tony Eubanks is going to be sharing his story with us next week and um, from the way he and I have been talking you're going to want to be here uh, you're going to want to be here to, to hear what God is doing and that's you know hopefully it's uh, through that process if God lays something on your heart to share part of your story. Come talk to me. We need to be a story-sharing congregation. You know, I think too many churches, you know, don't share or don't actually actively talk about what God is doing. And if we listen, God is working miracles every day in every life. So um, we're going to close out this micro series today. And I have a few things to pass out to a few select people. I'm about to choose right now. So don't get super excited. Right? I have a few things. I have a few things. Da-da-da, Da, 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 da. All right. Uh, I had a little bit of money left over for my birthday. didn't get much, but I need someone to hold on to 100 dollars for me. Would someone like to hold on to 100 dollars for me? Not you, Brandon. I'll get 50 back because the other 50 will disappear into the, you know youth camp mission trip or something like that. Need, would someone like to hold on to, to 50 dollars for me? Yeah, I saw a hand. I'll need, I'll need it back, but just hold on. You can hold on to it, right? Travis, I'm going to come to you. I trust you. <laughs> just a little bit. Turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 25. Matthew, chapter 25, verse 14. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, a <coughs> hundred dollars. To another, two <coughs> drill, tape measure. And to another, one each according to his ability and empty Dr. Pepper Bottle, Then he went away, and he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent, and I'm not picking on the Dr. Pepper bottle, it's just an analogy, but he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. You have been faithful over little, I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. And this leads us to our equations. For this morning, don't worry if you're wondering where the rest of the verses in the chapter We're coming back to them in a minute Here's our equations for today Because this whole series is based on equations that don't usually add up in our brains, right? 5 plus 5 equals No, 11 5 plus 5 equals 11 And the other equation, 1 plus 0 equals 0 1 plus 0 equals 0 And that first equation, which again intentionally doesn't add up, 5 plus 5 equals 11. Let's now continue through the rest of the passage. So we have the, the one servant who got five talents, invested it, got five talents more, right? Equals how many? Okay, We have the one servant who had two talents, invested it, Got two talents more, again, still doubled the return. Same response from the master. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. And then we have the final servant who had the one talent. He buried it in the ground, because he was kind of afraid of what could happen to it. And if the master came back and it wasn't the one talent left. So he buried it in the ground, and the master comes back and he's like, Here's what is yours. Verse 26. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful. Servant, you lazy bum. You knew that I reap where I have not sown, and I gather where I scattered no seed. You knew this, you just said this to me, (laughs) two verses before, right? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with at least some interest. So take the talent from him, take it away, the one talent that he did have, and give it to him who has the how many talents? Who ha- no, 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 exactly. It's not who had, it's now who has the ten talents. For to every one who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Five plus five equals eleven. One plus zero equals zero. Y'all get these equations now? And verse 30, just because, and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now we've been talking for the last few weeks about this concept called micro, right? Micro, thinking small and whittling everything out down to the the most basic form of itself, the most interesting looking equation that we may have never thought of before. And micro is, is this small unit, again, and it means, if you remember, it's the division of one millionth. One millionth. And this is where things get interesting, especially as it relates to this parable. Because often we think, well, I gave someone a quarter, and then he doubled it to five quarters. That's the parable of the talents. We think so small. The talent back in those days was a silverweight measurement. It was the highest form of currency in the day about, depending on where the silver trade market is right now, this amount of silver would be equivalent to one million dollars. What is the unit of micro? One million, right? The talent actually amounts to one talent in today's economy equals one million dollars. So when Jesus gives this parable, you and I often think so small because I've done it, like, here's ten bucks. Huh, it's ten bucks. I'm only going to go to Wendy's, you know, and oh, blue God's money. No, here's a million dollars for one talent. And how many, how many talents did he give the first guy? Five. Here's five million dollars. You and I would take that money and run, right? To the next guy, he'd give two million dollars. To the last guy, he gave one million dollars. Still a lot of money, right? How many people would be happy with a million dollars? Y'all put your hands down. No, you wouldn't. You'd be miserable with a million dollars. But to the last person, he gave one million dollars. Still a lot of money in today's market. And he's like, I don't know. The other guy got two million, and the other other guy got five million. I only have a little, 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 itty bitty one million. I better hide this stuff. So that no one will find it and then I can give him his million back. This leads us to one of our points for this morning. The only ability you really need to serve God is your availability the only ability you really need to serve God is your availability. And when you and I read this parable of the talents, we often think literal talents or maybe physical money. But the whole point of this is a parable. It's a metaphor. It's a giant simile that that Jesus is giving to say, hey, you've all been given something. What are you going to do with it? Neil Maxwell says it this way. God does not begin by asking us about our ability, but only about our availability. And then if we prove our dependability, he will increase our capability. I'll read it again because there's so much there. God does not begin by asking us about our ability, but only about our availability. And then if we prove our dependability, he will increase our capability. Five plus five equals 11. Yes. And you and I have been given something. You might look up here to some people on the platform who've played electric guitar with us this morning, or bass or sang with angelic voices. All right? You might look up there and be like, "I wish I had that what?" Talent, and we think literally. I'm a parable of the talents. I'm not really good at anything, right? That's not what we're talking about this morning. What we're talking about is who God made you to be, and the special things that only you can do. God created every single one of us to be able to do something. I've been working down with Mike Avento and Preston down there at the church often nights. Uh, we probably what put in four, four or five midnight, one ams over the last seven, eight days maybe, and I'm looking at these gentlemen who are working their you-know-whats off for this space, so that we can come in, and, oh, it's cool, alright, right? So we're working really really hard down there, actually put drywall up and all this kind of stuff, and I'm staring at these guys, and these guys have talents. And they might not be behind a keyboard, or might not be singing, or might not be with graphic arts, but I guess what? These guys have talents, and guess what? So do you. You have a talent, you have something that God gave you the ability to do that it might not seem amazing, Oh, you, and I, you have an eye for cleanliness. And this Dr. Pepper bottle up here is annoying the you-know-what out of you the whole time. And you're like, oh, it's trash, it's garbage. Oh, <laughs> get it away. God's given you a gift to see things in a different way, and we need those people here within this church to make it clean for guests. I see two or three of you cringing. Congratulations. <laughs> you have found a gift. <laughs> Husbands, you already know this gift. Right? Some of you are looking up here and maybe this tape measure like, oh, I don't actually think if I had a tape measure, I could, have, I, could have, I could have measured this. And I wonder if this as well was 25 feet, 8 inches. And the way we could do this is so high. And, and you have a tool there to be able to do something with. And then Jean is still drooling over this Black & Decker lithium 20-volt ion battery-powered drill. And she'll just sit there and go, vood, 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 until the battery's dead. But to my knowledge this morning, Jean didn't, didn't drill any walls or hang any pictures or anything, right? Oh, okay, okay. She just wants to use the power tools. So each one of you have been a gift just like one of these things. And the money that ended up in the pocket. Thank you, Travis. I got it back. It was my birthday money. Still haven't spent it. But each one of you have a gift and the gift may be financial. The gift may be in building or construction. The gift may be having an eye for things or cleaning something up. The gift may be Doing something you don't like doing may be your gift. There's a you, anyone follow the Babylon Bee in here? If you don't follow the Babylon Bee on Facebook, please, 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 please follow the Babylon Bee on Facebook. It's Christian satire, and it is the funniest thing you will read every single day. It's fantastic, and they have this article which jokingly said that men's spiritual gifts. Coincidentally, line up with everything he loves. (laughs) So, you may be called to serve in an area which makes you a little uncomfortable or a little uneasy. But if our church is going to work the way it's designed, it's going to need you in that capacity. The only ability you really need to serve God is your availability. So, are you available? Like, this is the second time my pastor's asked me out this week. This is getting weird, right? No, not in that way. Are you available? Are you available for God? We should be. But most often, we're only available for one thing. Again, in the book of Matthew. Turn with me a few pages back. Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, verses 24. Sorry, 34. Through forty, Good thing I didn't have time to type that into the screen. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, (laughs) asked him a question to test him, and he says to Jesus, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Which one of these ten are you going to choose that will put me or put you in a spot where I can pin you and say, Ha-ha, you're wrong, Jesus. Pick one of the ten. Is it loving God more important? Is it do not stealing more important? Is it do not commit adultery more important? Which one is it, Jesus? And Jesus said, he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. You see, because if you do these two things, you are automatically following all ten. If you love your neighbor, you're not going to steal from him. If you love your neighbor, you're not going to have an affair with their wife or whatever, right? If you love your neighbor, you're not going to gossip or tell false stories or lies about them. If you love God, you get where I'm going with this? It's, it's all true. And so the lawyer had nothing to actually pin Jesus on. And here comes the interesting, I don't know, twist for today. You see, loving God and loving others must then also equal serving god and serving others. You follow me on that? Loving god and loving others must then also equal serving god and serving others. And too many people and too many churches are great at loving god and great at serving others, but not the other way around. We show up to worship services all across the country. Great worship experience, huh? Get involved in our children's misery. No. Great, great, whatever. I'm here because of the children's program or whatever. Hey, we need people to help clean the church. They're here all the time, and they're here all the time, and they're here all the time, and they're they're praying, and they're praying, praying. Great, we need people to go to Cuba. Uh... You get where I'm going with this? See, we're often great at loving God and serving others. But to follow these commandments and to live the way Jesus lived, we have to love God and serve God. The and there is paramount. And we also have to love and serve others. And friends, I'll be honest with you. If you are great at loving God here, but you're not serving God here, you got half the equation wrong. And if you're great at loving God here and not serving God somewhere else, you got half the equation wrong all the time. And if you're great at loving God here, but you don't serve nobody else, you got half the equation wrong all the time. What we are called to do is to love and serve God. And love and serve others. And this is why this concept of church that is mind-blowingly awesome, the way God built this together, is because this is where it all comes full circle. We are a micro-community. Us in here, the few people who are sick, (laughs) the black lung, right? Whoever's not here this morning, they're away somewhere. But us here is a micro-community. 1 Corinthians, our last scripture for this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 12. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. Paul writes, For just as the body is one, and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, either Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, black or white, old or young, Chinese or American, it don't matter, born into one body. All were made to drink of the one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. So if the foot should say, foot, right? If the foot says, if it had a mouth, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. Tell your foot to walk away from you right now. Go ahead, i try it. <laughs> Anybody? Is it working? Okay. All right? And if your ear should say, What? If your ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body, right? If the ear says, I want to be an eyeball, I can't see, I've been blind my whole life, but I can hear real well. If if ear said that, and he wanted what the eyeball had, the gifts he had, it it wouldn't be an ear anymore. (laughs) If ear said, what? If the whole body were a giant eyeball, you were just a walking eyeball. And you were rolling around like it's so dry everywhere. If I had hand, I'd put in you know lens solution or something moisture, please. If your whole body was a giant eyeball, where would be the sense of hearing? No, you're just an eyeball. Picture yourself as a giant eyeball. I might be more attractive. If the whole body were an eyeball, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God has arranged the members in the body, each one of them as He chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you! Nor again the head to the feet. I don't need you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And those parts of the body that we think are less honorable, <laughs> we bestow the greater honor. And in our presentable parts, are treated with greater modesty, where our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body. I'm glad I got. That. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no what. You're like, I don't even follow it along. I don't know. <laughs> verse 25, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Verse 27, last verse. Now, now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. We are a micro-community here. God has already given us everything and everyone we need in order to love, to serve, to grow, and then to go. And that's because He's already given you everything you need in order to love to serve, to grow, and to go. We just have to decide to use them. Some of you have been holding on to a tape measure in your life and you ain't measured nothing. Some of you have a a drill, you got a talent or something, and you can't let go of it. Some of you have some garbage in your life that needs to be tossed in order that Other things can go in this place where they should be. Some of you may have some moolah you need to let go of to serve God. Maybe that's your gift, is giving. Don't have to be giving here. Give to the person down the street. Give to who God calls you to give to. Serve others. Love others. Serve God. Love God. And I really believe this. God is teaching me this again and again and again. About a year and a half ago, I about lost my marbles because we had a great children's director here. Her name was Crystal. And they were going to be moving away to Iowa. And God taught me this lesson then, and he's continuing me to teach me this lesson. Now I'm like, oh, my goodness, who's going to be the children's director? I don't sound like that when I pray. I'm just being weird right now. <laughs> And God brought a family, an awesome family, and the Basistas who have stepped up and done an amazing job. So now at this point, yes, yes, that's a good point. So in hearing of the leaving and the shifting around of our staff, I'm not freaking out this time. Because if God's going to call other people away, He's also going to provide the replacement. (laughs) Yeah, y'all are admitting this. I'm actually talking about you guys because... (laughs) Amen! Oh, it's me. Yeah, we... We need people to serve in our children's ministry. We're about to occupy an over 7,000 square foot building. And if you ain't been there yet, whoa, you are missing out. Because it's going to be amazing. And families are going to come and we are going to grow. So if you don't like growth, there's the door. Because we're going to grow because God is doing something in our micro community. Because he's brought you you and 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 you. And we all come together with special gifts and special talents. And the only person who can do you is you. This one in a million, you are one in a million. God has orchestrated it that way for a purpose. Because you are micro to him. You are so important. You are the one in a million. And if you are one in a million, and you are one in a million, and you are one in a million, what are the odds of this exact group of people coming together at this exact time, at this exact place, to be this exact church? What are the odds of you and I being true life church together right now? What are the odds I'm, I'm pretty sure it's pretty small, right? You can even argue that our church is one in a million, right? You could go to a million churches, and you're never going to find one exactly like this. And that's not because the others are good and we're bad. And it's not because we're good and the others are bad, but we are unique, and you are unique and you have a purpose and you have a talent and if you're not serving and loving God with that purpose and with that talent and if you're not serving and loving others with that purpose and that talent you are wasting your life I'm looking around at these faces and my heart fills with joy because as some go and as new ones come God is building our church it's not built on one person I'm not True Life Church. I'm part of it. You by yourself, not True Life Church. You are part of it. But our members come together. This is why we still have membership at True Life Church, if you ever wondered, because it's, I don't know, biblical. So the members come together, forming one body, and we, as one body, Some of y'all are ears, and you're great at hearing. Some of y'all are eyes, and you're great at seeing. Some of y'all are feet, and you're great at going. Some of y'all are hands, and you're great at working. Some of y'all are hearts, and you're great at feeling. But every one of us has a purpose, and if you're not doing it, and if you're not using it, you're losing it, or you're wasting it. Our children's ministry needs some volunteers. This isn't a giant plug for this. Carrie's <laughs> like, preach it, Carrie. Carrie, go. That's not. That's a great example, though. Our band is growing. Some of y'all have talents. You're hiding, right? Some of y'all like cleaning. You're great at cleaning your house. You could use that talent here because some of us aren't great at cleaning our house. It is a talent. <laughs> Man, I hoped this morning, that as we wrap up this micro-series, this 5 plus 5 equals 11. Makes sense. Because if we don't do anything with it, you're the 1 plus nothing actually equals nothing. Let's not waste our time as people. Let's not waste our time as a church. Let us come together right now. All right here, right? We are one body coming together for a greater purpose to glorify God. Think micro, and God is going to make something larger than you could have ever thought possible. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you again for your word in this time this morning as we glorify you. May our lives be a reflection of that glory. May our purpose and our focus and our hearts be for you. May we step up maybe today, if we haven't stepped up in a long time, to serve you. Not just love you, but to love and serve you. To love and serve others. Because, God, you, you are worthy of that. You've brought us together for this place at this time. You knew this was going to happen in Melbourne, Florida, USA, continental America, before we were even born And you've brought us here together, a unique group of peoples with a unique coming togetherness, a micro-community with a purpose. God, may we start fulfilling that purpose starting today in a mightier way than we've ever thought possible. May we step out boldly in our faith and with our talents. Because we may not have a million dollars, but we may have a million ideas. We may not have a million dollars, we may have a million hours give. God, unite us this morning, that there be no division in the body, that we would come together that the the growth that is going to happen in this church and this important stage we are at right now of of getting ready to leave what is behind behind and move forward, run forward and and just press ahead the race that you have laid out for us together that we would cumulatively arrive at the the throne of, of your grace and you would say, well done, true life church Come into the joy that I have for you. God, that's my prayer for us this morning. That we would start thinking micro and you would go mega with what can be done in our lives. That what has started these last few years would just be the tip of an iceberg. For you have in store for our children and our children's children and tons of your children who come to find and know and learn and grow who you are. Because it's not just paint on walls down there in our new location. It's rooms that will house children that will hear about you for the first time. It's not just building a stage or where putting lights in a sanctuary it's it's the place where worship will glorify your name for lord willing years and years to come and the work you and i do as people and as christians and as true life churchers in this moment in this time can overflow for generations if you and i think micro right now God, we are your church. May you continue growing us as you will. Trim us where we need to be trimmed, prune us where we need to be pruned, and push us where we need to be pushed. This is your church, God. May we be your people.